Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me again for the second time on the podcast, Nicole. And this time, our conversation is going to be a lot different. So Nicole was on the podcast. She was one of my first guests, and she was sharing her birth story with us about her first birth and her second birth and how she had a very empowering repeat cesarean due to some complications that came up in her pregnancy, but how even though her like situation was out of her control, she was still able to really remain in control of her choices. And it was just a really powerful episode. So go back and watch it. I'll link it in the show notes. But she's here with us today because Nicole is an entrepreneur and she's a working mom. She has her own brick and mortar business. And I just cannot wait to talk to her about like all things business, all things motherhood related to business, how she's doing it, like how the heck she did it pre-kids, after one kid, after two kids, like we want all her secrets (laughs) and all the, all the dirt. So Nicole, I want to let you kind of introduce yourself past that because you have some like, I think things to say about your business that I don't even think I know. So take it away. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. This has been so heavy on my heart, just in talks of motherhood and business and all of that. And I just, I do feel like I have so much to say about it because I have so much experience with it. So I'm so excited to be here and just dive into it with you and just um, talk about all the things. As far as me and my business go, so I own a hair salon. I did hair for about 10 years. I actually recently um, got an injury in September on my finger. Sounds really like small, but it actually ended up being really impossible for me to do hair. So I had to take a step back from doing hair. And now I've just been running the salon for the past um, couple months. And um, that's been a journey in itself, but um, it's been going extremely well. So um Yeah, I think that as far as my salon, I really, when I opened, I really wanted um, to create an education program for newer stylists. That was always my main goal. And then also to create um, a space with a lot of work-life balance for them, as well as an elevated experience for our clients, we focus on um, different services, lived in color being a very big one, which is low maintenance, um, which brings in a lot of moms or busy entrepreneurs or even just, you know, busy women who just want low maintenance hair and want to get up and go, but still want some sort of color um, for whatever reason. And then we also do blonding and we're diving into the extension world a little bit. So um So yeah, that's a little bit about my business. Okay, so take me back to when you started. Were you a mom yet? Like how did yeah? So tell take me back to how it all started. So I was doing um, so let's see, back in 2012, I think is when I went to school. And then um, I got married to my husband in 2016 and we actually tried for kids. I don't know if you know this about me or if we've talked about my fertility issues in the past, 
Um, he did, but, like, but I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. So, um, in 2016, we got married and we kind of just were like, okay, if it happens, it happens. Fast forward two years to 2018, we, um, got pregnant and we had, um, our first miscarriage and it was one of those moments where you were like, oh my gosh, we do want this. We do want to have babies right now. Like this is something we wanted. And so from that point on, we just kind of kept trying. Um, we had two other miscarriages in that, uh, in our, in, I think it was a span of two years, I want to say, um, both, you know, were very early on or all three were very early on, except for one got, I think to eight or 10 weeks. It was something along those lines. So they were early on, which I think helped with my coping. Um, but it was extremely difficult to, just want that part of your life to begin. I know a lot of women who have gone through fertility can relate to that. It's just, you're so ready for that moment. And it just, um, yeah, or that part of your life to start in general and just to feel like you don't have any control in that is, um, I feel like it was just a, it kind of started, jump started my healing as a person in general, because I realized how, how much I would have to heal to, to get through that. Um, and then, you know, I, the pan, so <laughs> I guess I went to a doctor, talked about fertility options, decided that wasn't the route for me. We decided to adopt and then the pandemic happened and we were like, well, I don't have a job. I'm a hairstylist. Like I was completely out of a job. So I, um, silent since like 2016. Yeah since like 2013, I think is when I like actually oh, okay. started doing that. And so I was like, I, um, I don't have a job. We have to wait, you know, we can't just be, a, we can't adopt right now, you know, got pregnant with Blaine, my first during the pandemic. And so I jumped back in. Um, I was very busy. I hired my first assistant and then got the opportunity to open my first or my current location. Um, and I was pregnant. I think I was, gosh, I want to say I was like five months pregnant when I opened the salon. Um, and so navigating that and the pandemic was really challenging. Um, I was also, I was one of those people that was sick every day during my pregnancies. I never felt good. I didn't actually get sick every single day, but I was never comfortable. I was never, um, like I was always nauseous and just, mm -hmm. it was always very distracting. So, um, so yeah, I was navigating that. And then <laughs> I finally have my son. And then six months later, I find out I'm having my daughter, um, you know, and they can go back and listen to kind of like the yeah. birth. We don't go into too much of a tangent because I know me and you could talk about that for days. But um, yeah, I had kind of a traumatic birth, my first birth. So that's when I met you and we started working towards a more healing um, experience the second go around. So that's, I guess, a little bit of my story into motherhood and business and how it's all kind of happened. Wow. Okay. So you were working for someone else and then got the opportunity to open your own, or were you working as kind of like, I know a lot of stylists, they work for themselves, but they like rent a booth. Is that kind of what you yes, were doing? Yes, that's what I was doing. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. Um, so I, 
I jumped into a suite pretty early on in my career because I always knew I wanted to open a salon when I, um, I was always just an entrepreneur and I didn't know what field that would be in. Um, and then I just, I couldn't really find my passion. So I went to school and I was like, oh, I'll learn the, you know, I'll learn how to do hair and then I'll, I'll jump into being a business owner, a salon owner. And, um, that was always my goal. So, but I actually really, really enjoy doing hair. So that was very easy. Um, it was the perfect career for me. I couldn't be more blessed that that was, um, that, that, that was my path because it really was something I, I was passionate about and I love doing. Right. Okay. So you said that you kind of got that opportunity in 2020. Like, what did that look like? Like, was it like something like a building opened up and you're like, Oh, I think I should buy it. Or was it like somebody was selling their business or what was that like? Yeah. So, um, I had, you know, put my feelers out there with, um, a couple people in the industry, just like, Hey, you know, I'm, I, I always have wanted this. This is my dream. I hadn't really looked into locations too, um, intensely. I just didn't know if it was the time and place for it yet. And then somebody came to me and, um, said, you know, there's this really cute spot. I think you should look at it. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm pregnant. No way. I'm already like miserable. Like there's no way she, so I, and then I just didn't mention it again. Two weeks later, she calls me and she's like, I just feel like you need to go look at this place. And I was like, okay, fine. You just funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's mid pandemic, we're still wearing masks. Like I'm like, this is an open concept salon. Like, whereas everybody's really connected in these suites right now because of how, um, you know, the social distancing was, it was a lot more comfortable for people in the suite. So I'm like, is an open concept even ever going to be acceptable again? Like, I just have to hope and pray that it would be. Um, And, you know, something just told me it was right. I'm a very, uh, like, go with my gut. And I just had this gut feeling. I was like, this is, this is just the spot. This is it. And so I did it. And um, yeah, and that's kind of, that was how that specific location happened. And the one we're still in now. Okay, I have to ask you this because this is something that, as you know, I talk about with all my clients and it's something that I think is so important for people to learn how to do if they don't know how to do. Like when you said something just told you it was right and it was just like a gut feeling. What did that feel like in your body? Like what does a hell yes feel like? How do you know that when there's all of this outside noise telling you this is absolutely ridiculous you're pregnant it's a pandemic this makes no sense on paper <laughs> literally I I am so glad you asked me this question um I'm like a huge just I'm always listening to um you know self-help podcasts and all of that so I heard this actually so I can't like take it from them, but I can't remember the podcast, but I heard this the other day and it resonated so much with me and I'm excited to share it. So when you feel that gut feeling, your intuition never is wavering. Your anxiety will waver. Your anxiety, if you, if, the, if it will come up and say, Oh, what about this? What about this? But when you have true intuition, a gut feeling, you don't question it. It's just there. It's not, I think that's the biggest difference is like that, you know, that anxiety comes up and, and 
you kind of get those two confused, but when it is true intuition and when it is that hell, yes, you don't really, you can sit in a moment. I think to take yourself out of the anxiety, you can sit in a moment, just close your eyes and really visualize like, is, is this a hell? Yes. And I feel like that answer comes to you without a wavering. If it's a true hell, yes. In my experience. Um, but that was, that's kind of how I navigate my gut feeling. Yeah. I think we should dive down this rabbit hole a little bit because I feel like so many people struggle with, is it my intuition talking or is it fear talking? Is it my anxiety talking? And how do I know that my intuition isn't the one saying, hold hold back on this because this isn't the right thing. How do I know that that's not my intuition? Like trying to keep me out of this situation. That's not right. Like, how do I know that? I think it all comes down to, I mean, and this is going to get even more of a rabbit hole, but I think it's all about healing in the first place and finding what truly makes you happy or what makes you feel like you can be that best version of yourself and diving into those unhealed traumas and really, you know, doing that work first before you can trust your gut. I think it is a process. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper before you can just have that intuition and know, you know, that you can trust it because your triggers and your blocks will block that intuition from being able to present itself to you. Um, so I think that that is, it, it's probably hard to recognize if you're struggling with recognizing it. I think that says there needs to be some healing and, and why are those triggers coming up for me? Or why does that seem a little bit? Um, why am I questioning that so much? And I think for me, I would take that as a sign of like, if I'm unsure about something, I always take it as a sign of what do I need to heal around this? What, what are my, um, my own, um, blocks with this and how can I kind of uncover them? And I do some work around that first. That's so good. That's so good. Especially because, and maybe this is just something people can take away from that. If they're still not able to maybe recognize like, do I need to heal from something? Is this my intuition talking? Um, Is like, obviously for you, owning a salon had been on your heart for years. So when something like keeps coming up and is keep continues to be on your heart and continues to present itself. And like, even how that friend, like she called you again, like it's, it's like the door keeps not, or someone keeps knocking at the door and you're like, eventually I have to open this. And one way I've heard it kind of described, I've heard a lot of things described using this analogy, like feelings and stuff, but I think it's true for like our gut feeling and our intuition is like pushing a beach ball under the water. It's going to keep coming back to the surface. And eventually like you have to address it because it's not going to stay down. Like it's just not. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. It's the universe will keep sending you the same message until you hear it until you receive it, until you acknowledge it. And it'll just keep, you know, it'll just keep coming at you. And you're either going to 
you know, continue to learn that lesson for the rest of your life or not even a lesson, or you're, you're going to continue to see that opportunity and, and, and always in the back of your mind, kind of have that little, Oh, is this something? Mm -hmm. And I think when you have that little hint of, of, of wonder, I think those, those things are something you should always pay attention to, because I do believe that they're, they're there for a reason. And even if, I, I, I heard this the other day, and this might be a little bit off of the, um, it might be another little tangent that we're going on, but I think that even if something, let's say, let's say that I did open the salon and it didn't work out. Yeah. That would have brought me closer to where I'm supposed to be. That would have been a lesson for me to have had to go through to get to where I'm supposed to be. Not everything needs to end in a success to be impactful in your life. And I think that that is, that's a mindset shift that you kind of have to grow into of, even if this isn't successful, it can still be meant for me. And it's kind of just, you know, trusting that you can, that you will figure it out and you will get through whatever you're kind of, you know, navigating it, whether that's a success or a failure, it will still lead you closer to whatever you're supposed to find. If you dive in and you listen to the calling and you, and you really, you know, dive into whatever experience is presenting itself to you. That's so good. I'm glad we're going down these rabbit holes because this is the part of entrepreneurship too that I think does sometimes get missed. Like we talk about the business strategy and the money and the, we do talk about mindset, but this is like deeper level mindset stuff. Um, I I will warn you. I'm like, it's funny because I don't even know sometimes I've done so much work around it. Girl, yeah, I'm almost forgetting like where I started. Like, I'm sure this all sounds like just so like, how do you get to this place? Like of like these mindset shifts and stuff. And it all just starts with like small, small mindset shifts that you just have to. And, and I listen to, like I said, tons of, you know, self um, improvement books and podcasts. It's like my thing. I love it. If I didn't do what I do, I would probably dive into being, to to some sort of avenue with that because it is just such a passion of mine. I really enjoy it. Well, you'll have to share me your list because I have a list of all the ones I love. And one of the ones is Redefining Wealth with Patrice Washington. I don't know if you listen to her, but she talks about this where you were talking about that little voice in the back of your head that keeps coming and it'll get bigger and bigger. She talks about the, the pebble, the rock, and then the boulder and how like the universe will throw a pebble and then the universe will throw a rock and then they'll throw a boulder. And sometimes if you wait for the boulder, it's more messy. You have more collateral damage. You have more to clean up because you didn't listen to the rock and you didn't listen to the pebble. So the universe was like, okay, here's this boulder. Um, And I think that's really interesting. And then I think it's so, so awesome that you brought up this idea of even if it wouldn't have worked out it was a lesson that I needed to learn not oh like it was it was just 
the it was just a phase that like happened and we moved on from it or like it would have been fine but no this needed to happen this way in order for me to learn this lesson that was going to get me to the place where I was actually meant to be um and it's not a failure it is a lesson like it truly is it's like it's a win and a success or it's a lesson. And I think it's about those reframes and you have to have this type of like ability to work on yourself when you're an entrepreneur, because entrepreneurship is like, <laughs> and like every, every high level entrepreneur that I listen to, cause I, I'm a podcast junkie too, says this, they're like, this is the biggest form of therapy. This is the biggest form of like self-development is becoming a business owner because you literally realize all the things about yourself that you have to address. You have to heal in order to like make money basically. Actually do like the, I don't believe one can coincide with the other. Mm -mm. I, I don't, I also think it goes even deeper, but than entrepreneurship just in life you cannot be the healthiest happiest version of yourself if you aren't willing to dive in and acknowledge your healing that you need to do and your traumas that you've experienced and even if you I don't care if you had a great childhood I you know I grew up with a very amazing family it's not it's not about what you experienced but we all were taught lessons that maybe don't align with our authentic self. And if we can't uncover that and figure out and just, I don't know, analyze it and figure out what it all means to us and how we want to live our life, then it's just going to be so much harder to break unhealthy habits or, you know, create a life of success or whatever you're trying to do with your life. Um, be the mother you want to be, whatever it is. It's, I think it all comes from healing. I'm just a big believer in that. Okay. So for someone who wouldn't say you have this like big giant capital T trauma that you had to heal from in order to, you know, step into this knowing as a business owner, like, what kind of healing did you have to do? Because I think that's another thing is like so many people think I don't have anything to heal from. Like my childhood was fine. I was, it was fine. Or I didn't have it as bad as most people. Like they, they do sweep it under the rug and they don't address it because they think it wasn't bad enough. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I think yeah. that holds people back. I do too. And I think that, in my, in my personal opinion, unless you are the healthiest, happiest version of myself or of yourself, you have healing. Unless you have reached that, unless you are just, you know, I'm good. I'm happy. I have the habits I want to have. I, whatever that looks like for you. I think if you have that, then you probably don't need to heal. But I think that we both know that's very rare for mm -hmm. anybody to even have that level. I mean, it, it's something we're all working towards. I think it's a, I don't think the work ends either. I don't think I'm healed by any means. I think 
it's just continually acknowledging things and, you know, things don't just stop happening in your life that you have to heal from, you know, as you get older, you're going to experience things, whether that be a breakup or fertility or all of these things. And those are going to create their own level of trauma that you have to heal from. And I think that that's why it's not just, it's, you have to be committed to the healing process for long-term or, you know, to be, to get to that point. Yeah. Like for life, like you never really arrive. (laughs) You're just, unless life just stops happening, there's always going to be something that's happening in your life, whether that be navigating another twin pregnancy when you have twins and a, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's all, and this is creating even mindset things that you probably have to unravel. And it's like, you're just constantly trying to, to get to the root of it and, and trying to heal from it in order to move past it. Yeah. And I think sometimes concepts like that can feel daunting to people where it's like, you actually never arrive. This is a lifelong commitment, but I think it's also kind of liberating because then it's like, huh, I don't have to worry about the fact that I like finished the work. I don't have to rush. I don't like, I just get to know that this is ongoing. And I think that can just be liberating. Um, I'm glad actually, I go ahead. I had an experience that actually led me to that. And I was doing yoga on my screen and porch, which is like my favorite thing in the world. It just feels so like, like, it feels like my, like, like, I don't know. It just feels really empowering to me. I don't know why to like be on my screen and porch and do yoga. Just (laughs) something I always wanted to do anyways. So random, but I want a screen and porch. (laughs) Right. I love my screen and porch. I couldn't live without it. But so I think that the experience I had was I was sitting there and I was like, okay, like, not that I have everything that I I could want in life, but I, I have a lot of what I, of what I want. I have the business. I have the babies. I have the amazing husband. I have the, you know, beautiful house. I'm on the screen and porch. I'm doing yoga. Like, what did I, did I just reach where I'm supposed to go? Like, did I just peak almost, you know, like, is this where I was trying to go? And I had, it gave, it brought up so many emotions for me because I was like, wait, then what does life mean? And what, what am I working towards next? And the feeling of not working towards something, even though I was still working on plenty, but it was just this contentness or contentment. What I'm saying that wrong. Is it content? Either it sounds great. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't know. I was so I was so content in that moment. And it almost scared me because I wasn't used to feeling content. I had done so much healing and just like around that. And then I and I was like, wait, maybe I don't need to hustle every day like I've been doing. Even if I say I want work-life balance, I was still hustling. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this constant like, you know, need to do more, do more, do more as an entrepreneur, probably. And I know a a lot of moms can relate to that. Like, it's just like, do more, do more. You've got to be better. You've got to do this. And then I reached where I thought I was supposed to be, where my uh, past version of myself would have been really proud of me. And I don't know, it just brought up all these emotions of like, wait, no, like life's just a journey. It's about the ups and downs. It's about allowing that moment that I had there, allowing that to feel good. And then 
moving in and taking that, enjoying that. And then, you know, something else came up and then it was like, oh, wait, I remember like things are, things are going to come up that, you know, are going to go on this roller coaster. But I think my point is that it taught me to enjoy the journey. It taught me that, that learn that experiencing the ups and downs and really trying to live in that moment. I know that's like a, a phrase people throw around a lot, but if you can really enjoy moments instead of looking forward to the next moment, um, which is something I've struggled with is with ADHD, as you can tell, I kind of bounce around with my thoughts. I'm always looking towards the next thing. And so I really have tried to, you know, learn how to just sit in moments and experience things because instead of trying to search for that next thing and dopamine hit that I can get, because that's just ADHD brain. (laughs) Yeah. And that is such a, I think a common problem for ambitious, like entrepreneurial minded type people, because in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be thinking outside the box, thinking about things other people aren't thinking about, looking towards the future, taking risks that other people wouldn't take. And so we are not used to feeling content. We are not used to feeling good in the slow times. And I actually have had this come up a lot this past year. And it's so funny that the pregnancy came to smack this in my face because clearly I needed a, a, it was my boulder, I guess. I'm like, you're not getting it. So here's a boulder. Okay. I'd love to know more about that. Um, of this whole idea of you can do less, like you don't have to work more, be busier, like do all of it all the time in order to have the things you want it's okay to be content. It's okay because, and and, and also I want to say like, it's very real that these things live together. Like simultaneously contentment, contentment, again, now I don't even know the word either. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Content um, while also wanting more. And it's that like idea of gratitude while also reach for the next thing. It doesn't mean you're not grateful for where you are. You have to acknowledge the gratitude first and sit in your screen and porch on your yoga mat and be like, I am so freaking proud of myself. I am so freaking grateful I'm here. This is exactly what the version of me two, three years ago, like dreamt of. And then also know what goal you want next. But then you're also thinking about But how do I want to get to that next goal? Because the way I got to where I am now was a little bit more hustly and that had its place. But now I maybe don't have to be as hustly getting to the next version of myself. And you take those things like with you as you go and as you grow. And now you are in a season where you've got little ones. So now you're like, I do get to do this in a way that is like more conducive to also showing up as the mom I want to be. Cause you weren't a mom before it. I mean, some of it you were but like, so no, not like this though. It's definitely cohesive and learning how to be a mom. And, um, the, the two were, two were 
yeah, they were right there together, <laughs> mom and business owner. So yes. yeah, I mean, you were literally pregnant while opening a salon. I think that's always so profound. I have another friend and past client who started her business while she was pregnant. And it's like something about this, like, I call it the growth season. Cause you're, you're like, you're grow you're physically growing a human, but you're also like growing in all these ways outside yourself. Um, so I want to kind of dive into that side of it, of like all of this stuff we're talking about, the intuition and the self-development and all of this. And like, how are you also maybe some of the surface level, like just like logistical pieces, but then also diving deeper into like, how are you juggling all of this while having two little kids? So I think that this is the single most important thing. If anybody takes anything away from this podcast, I just want more women to hear this and you have got to put yourself first. And I know that that seems so opposite of what your intuition, your feminine self wants to do. You want to put everybody else first, or you want to put your kids first, or you want to put your husband first or nurture them. But I'm telling you right now, it is not possible unless you love yourself, you do for yourself, you are compassionate to yourself. The self-compassion alone is if you can just start there, if you can just start with, I like, I have, I have a friend who really struggles with this, um, and having self-compassion and I tell her, like, I'm like, just envision yourself like as a little kid. And like, you know, like, why do you not get the compassion that you would give to your children? Why do you not give that to yourself? Like you are, are just as deserving as anybody else that if you give compassion to others, you can absolutely give it to yourself. And I think reframing your mindset around, um, the guilt, not that you can't feel it. Cause I think you should feel everything. I really do. I think if you have a feeling, you should feel it. You mm-hmm. should acknowledge it. I think that's where the healing comes in, but the compassion, just having compassion in that moment for yourself is a great way to start reframing your mindset. Um, because you do deserve to feel, feel good and you deserve to do things for yourself. And I think that if you can start doing that for yourself, you will become the person you've been trying to be for everybody else. And I think that that's the main, the main goal I have is working on myself to such a level that I can be you know, a good mom, wife, boss, or I don't even like to call myself a boss, a leader in my, in my salon. And I don't know. And a friend just, I think that it's helped me in all relationships to love myself again. And I think I didn't for a very long time. And I think, um, that's when you start creating habits that, that fall out of line with your core values and when you fall out of line with those core values, they, they just, it just creates so much chaos in your mind that you have to unravel and, um, you start just wanting to do, 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 do for everybody else and forget about yourself because you're just trying to prove to everybody that, that 
no, 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 I'm, I'm a good person or I'm this, or I'm a good mom or I'm a good business. You know, you're, you're trying to prove it rather than actually feeling like it. And, um, and yeah, so I think that that's, that's been something that I've navigated through my healings, you know, loving myself and having more compassion and, and wanting myself to, to experience good things. Yeah. And I, I want to just throw out a good example because it came to my mind and this is something that I've heard come up a lot just in the last two years for me as I've like worked with mentors and coaches and like done a lot of work on myself. Um, one simple way that you can put into action this compassion is when a feeling comes up, like say you are a mom and you are working and you're you're rushing around you're doing everything for everyone else you're busting your ass at work you're busting your ass at home and you feel overwhelmed instead of being like oh my gosh I shouldn't feel overwhelmed I should be able to handle this I should be able to do all this a simple way that you can invite compassion in is to be like of course I feel overwhelmed yes of course I do it's okay that I feel overwhelmed like I I'm allowed to feel overwhelmed. This is a lot. Like look around at all the things I'm juggling. Of course I feel this way. And I think that idea of just like, of course I feel this way. This is normal. This came up for me this week. Like my coach said this to me and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, of course you feel this way. This is normal. That is a very simple way to like invite in this compassion. It doesn't have yeah. to be a whole big, like, well, I need to take myself on a, retreat in a yes. day and a, like no just like invite in like that simple little thing just feel thing. it yeah just feel it just say I, I like I'm overwhelmed right now and it's okay start by validating your own emotions because nobody's gonna I mean hopefully you have people in your life that are gonna validate your emotions but you can validate your own emotions you don't need other people to validate those like you can know with your own values that this would be hard for anybody and validate that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that you said was, um, like when you don't love yourself and do this thing for you and prioritize you, you, your habits will fall out of line with your core values and you won't be able to necessarily show up for the other people in your life. And one of the things that I have said for a couple years now is, <clears throat> and it might be a little bit controversial, I don't know if it is, but I truly believe that if you are not doing or working towards some level, some version of the thing that truly lights your soul on fire. And I'm not talking simple self-care. I'm talking like truly the thing that lights your soul on fire. If you're not doing it every day or every week, or at least working towards a plan to be able to do it, you cannot show up as the best mom for your kids. And that I think can rub people the wrong way. But I think especially in this culture and you being a working mom, there is this idea that we have to like still be the, I don't know, like this version of like a stay-at-home mom that 
homeschools her kids and makes everything from scratch and has her garden while also having this business that's bringing in an income for our family and or if we do want that that we're not prioritizing our kids so I want you to touch on that like how is having your business actually better for your kids I would love to talk about that so um maybe you don't think that maybe you're like no screw my oh no 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 not at all I honestly I think that It's, I mean, like you said, I think it's the reason that I am able to be the version of myself I want to be for them. I think it's all so connected. It's funny because we were talking about, you know, that thing that calls to you, that that's, that's the main thing, right? Where something's, something's calling to you, whatever lights your soul on fire, you pushing that down, like the beach ball you were talking about earlier, when you push that down, everything else is going to become chaotic. Everything else just becomes bigger and harder and, and impossible to navigate. And, or at least it did for me. And by acknowledging that this is my calling. Yes. I want my children. My, I mean, I could go into how amazing that is, for my children, because I think it impacts them on such a good level. I'm I'm so proud of the mother I am. I don't have a lot of mom guilt. Don't get me wrong. It'll creep in, but I don't live with mom guilt from working. And I'm very thankful for that. And I can kind of dive into that, but also I'm making a difference in the people that choose to work for me. Mm -hmm. I'm making a difference in the world by creating a place where women can like, you know, this kind of goes into the, the, um, model behind my business, but I create a place where my stylists are able to have work-life balance. They're able to, you know, create the career that they want to create. They're able to not have those mindset blocks. I help them with mindset. Like that is such a passion for me and it's impacting them. And I believe it hopefully impacts their families in a positive way. And so the ripple down effect of just thinking so small minded of like, is this just the one way is the only way to create something good. I think that when that I just, I don't think that it would allow me to be the best version of myself. And I don't think it would be impactful in the world the way I want to be. Yeah. For me to just be that stay at home mom or, you know, not have this business, not spend so much time on it. And I think my greater goal is obviously to have more free time. And I've started to recently ever since I hurt my finger, which like I said, we could go into a whole tangent with how that's changed everything for me. Um, But with that being said, I think it's just, it's just realizing that if you can, once again, be that best version of yourself, that it's going to impact your kids positively. Um, And I'm, I'm able to be very present. Like I never used to be able to, I mean, just in the beginning of motherhood and, 
everything was juggled around and just, I wasn't taking care of myself and was so focused on taking care of everybody else in the salon. And I was neglecting myself. And now that I'm so healed, like when I'm with my children, it just feels so much more fulfilling for myself. And it feels so much more fulfilling for them because that older version of me just wouldn't have been able to give that kind of love to them. Like I do now. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, and I want the audience to hear is like, it's not mompreneurship in itself that created this because clearly you had a version of mompreneurship that didn't look the way you wanted to look, but it was that that brought out these things in you. And it was that, that you were working towards this version. Um, And I just want to acknowledge too, that there are women out there. I'm friends with quite a few of them that it lights their soul on fire to have the garden or bake the bread. And right. and like that truly, truly lights them on fire. It lights them on fire to create an activity for their kids or to sit down and like work on letters and numbers with their kids. I wish sometimes that that lit my soul on fire, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't. And there's other things that I do with my kids that I love, but that just doesn't. And I am feeling called to like create this impact also outside my home. And then, yeah, it, it fuels me and fills me in a way that brings me into my home full and present. And, and don't get me wrong. I, and I've shared this on the podcast. I've shared this on my Instagram. Like Sometimes the ambition gets the best of me. Sometimes I do like work too much and brush my kids off. And I'm tired by the time I see them and I'm not giving them, you know, I let, I let the work stuff get the best of me and my kids get the worst of me. And I have to like check myself, but that's yep. part of the healing. And that's part of the. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like you have to uncover, which I have, I'm still working on that Uh, like it's it's such a hard thing to work through because you have to you have to really really figure out okay why do I feel the need like what am I actually working for and I think we're in such a unique time too with like the pandemic and times are just harder right now we're all just kind of trying to survive yeah And so I think that there's so much of that element that sometimes you just have no choice. You know, you're just trying to make ends meet. That's what you're trying to do. That's, it's not a, you know, uh, you're like, shit. I want this to be about impact, but also like, we got to fucking feed my kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, like expensive and we got to pay for them this week. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so sometimes there's not that space for, Or, you know, that, that healing or that mindset or, or whatever it is. And sometimes there's just not space for that. So I think that, I think that the takeaway would be to just find the little moments and give those space and, and allow those moments to feel, to let yourself take what you need. And like you said, it doesn't need to be a big vacation. It can any, it can just be acknowledging Hey, this can be overwhelming. You know, just those little things that we can mindset that we can shift in our mindset to just help impact our day will eventually build up and start creating different habits, different lifestyle. Diff- it, it builds. It's all just such a little 
It's just little moves all the time. One of the ones that I've been imploring lately is this reframe of, and my husband has helped with this and so have like the thousand self-development podcasts (laughs) in books, but um, the reframe of like when your house is trashed at the end of the day or you know, your kids threw rice all over the floor or, you know, they wake up screaming in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my God, I have to work tomorrow. Like, are you kidding me right now? I've been trying to reframe that and granted, it's not always perfect of like, I am so lucky that I get to clean up this mess because I have healthy children that are capable of making this mess. And, and I don't say this in like a fluffy, like toxic positivity way trust me, this does not always work. And I still like snap and yell at my kids and really, really like, I hate that, but it, it, it's a work in progress. But like these little tiny reframes have helped me really a lot in this past month of like, I really wanted to be working right now, but my kids woke up from their nap and I'm pissed and I'm tired because I was going to like do 30 minutes of work. And then I was going to lay down and take a nap and then they woke up and I'm pissed. And instead I'm like, but I have two little smiling, happy children that are begging me for snacks. And instead of being so annoyed, I can just be like so grateful that I get to spend this time with them. Cause kind of like what you said about the screen and porch, like, am I exactly where I want to be right now? No. Am I making all the money I want to make? No. Like all of these things, but I'm like, this is what I wanted. Like, yeah, I want a job that allowed me to be there. And that's what I make that 30 minute time slot. Like even that was a blessing to like, have that even be able to be a possibility. And it's, it's, it's giving yourself that little bit of like, it's okay. You know, pat on the back, like, you know, it's okay. You wanted to do that. Have compassion for yourself for getting upset about it. Like if that makes you angry, let it like, you know, feel that be like okay I'm angry right now and like take a minute to yourself reframe yourself and you know sometimes you might have to fake that a little bit until you can really learn how to unravel it but just take that minute and say I'm angry right now try to reframe it and try to enjoy the moment with your kids and and try to say okay you know what this did not work out how I wanted it to that's allowed to bother me I'm allowed to be annoyed about that because I want to make money for my family. That is my goal. That is, you know, I want to do what lights me up. Like I'm trying to do all these things. And again, that self-compassion piece, if you just acknowledge like, okay, like I'm just going to have compassion for myself that this does suck. And like, I'm allowed to be upset about that. Yeah. So walk me through it could be a day, but maybe it's a week. And then I want to circle back to like your injury, but like, just for like some tangible takeaways, what does a week look like for you having two kids and having a business? And you don't have to go into like all the nitty gritty, but just like an overview. Yeah. So, um, I work Tuesday through Friday and I truly tried, or I'm sorry, Monday through Friday, And I am not always perfect at this, but ideally I like to really keep my times at work, at work and my times at home, at home. 
I am just like you. You said it earlier and I related to it so much. Like sometimes I'm like, no, I have to get this done. This is important. I got to get this done. And I'll even tell my husband, like I'm working towards, you know, a greater goal. And like, I just have to get this real out or whatever it is. And, and, um, he'll, it's like, I try really hard now to put my work hours at a certain, in a certain time frame, put my kids in a certain time frame and separate everything to where I feel really, really present with everything that I'm doing. I think that that really helps me to feel connected in each thing equally. Like I feel really connected to my business. I feel really like I'm fulfilling that. And then I feel really connected to my kids because I'm trying not to work when I'm with my kids and I'm trying to just be really present with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're in daycare and, um, they go and my husband works full time as well. So it's just kind of is what it is. Our weekends are very, very family oriented. Um, every once in a while we go on date nights because I think that's important as well for them, for us. I think all of it is important. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just don't take away from myself that me working or me taking that time for myself is ever a bad thing. I just don't let myself believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that that is that is a big mindset shift that I have. I I just or if I take time with my husband and go on a date night, I don't I don't I just it doesn't feel wrong to me anymore. It used to maybe, but I think my mind has shifted so much that like I just try to separate the two and that works really well for me well because I exactly what you said about kind of blocking that time for work and blocking that time for your kids and your family allows you to be more present that's something that I've really also been working on this past year and I feel like I've gotten so much better and like actually financially prioritizing childcare. whereas I keep it creeps up literally every single week I'm like damn, we could just save that money and I could just not have that babysitter come on Monday. And I'm like, no, Taylor, you would lose your fucking mind. Like you can't not have, like you can't do that. And so I'm like, okay, we will skip the vacation or we will skip the fancy dinner out so that we can pay for a fucking babysitter to come on Mondays because that is what is going to move my business forward and give me sanity. And I notice that I you know, with that reframe of like not letting yourself believe that taking time to work is negatively impacting your kids. It's like this idea of just because you're with your kids, say maybe like eight hours a day for those eight hours that you were at work or those six hours that you were at work. If you were like short with them and had a temper and were bitchy and was pissed that you didn't get to go to like do something for yourself and like everything was about them all the time like you are not giving them a the good version of you they would way rather have happy fulfilled mom for three hours than bitchy short-tempered mom Amen. Amen. Because it's so true I'm like, because I'm giving you guys the worst version of me all the time. And this is like not conducive to anyone. It's not beneficial for them. Like, I don't know why we would think that three hours of connection at night before bedtime is in any way less than eight hours of frustration with them. 
than it is three hours of like feeling good with them because you fulfilled yourself. Right. Like to me, they are, I just, to me, this down here just seems so much more logical and it's just, it just, I want to connect with my kids. I want to have that. And like I said earlier, guilt still creeps up on me. I actually had it happen to me this morning. I, um, I, did yoga. I started doing yoga. I joined a yoga membership because it's too cold to really do it on my patio anymore. I was doing that in the mornings. And then as soon as my kids would get up, you know, my husband would either help or I'd stop what I was doing and come in. And I, and so going to a yoga studio studio was intimidating because then it was like missing a little bit of the morning, you know, because I was like, wait, I'm going to be missing some of this morning. And then I get this time with them to take them to school, give them breakfast, all of this, but then I have to go to work. And then, you know, we don't get to see each other till the evening. So the mornings kind of always feel because my kids are up at the crack of dawn. They're up at like five 30. So I was having like this little bit of like a, a guilt with it. Um, and I, once again, I just acknowledged that I was like, it's okay. Like you're feeling guilty right now. That's okay. Let's, let's work through it in our head. Like, why do you feel guilty? okay, well, it's because you're not spending time with your kids. Okay. Is you doing yoga right now impacting you positively or negatively? When you get home, are you going to be that much more present with them? Or are you going to be frustrating trying to get them dressed and make their lunches and get them to school because you didn't go take that yoga session? Like what is going to be more impactful for your kids? And for me, it was going to do yoga and it was maybe having an hour with them rather than the two and a half hours where I'm crabby because I'm not able to wake up because I didn't have that start to my morning. And in an ideal world, they would sleep till seven. And then when I got home, they were up and I could get them ready for breakfast, but that's just not ideal. So I have to deal with that mom guilt and kind of work through that. And, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I navigate my own, like, okay, is this the right decision for me? What, how is this impacting my family? How's this impacting me? If it has this impact on me, how's that going to affect them? And I kind of, weigh those pros and cons constantly when I'm making decisions for myself. Mm, That's such a good, like, I hope people are hearing that as like a really tangible takeaway because that is really like a quick thing that you can do in the moment or even like reflecting back on the moment. Like, okay, is that thing that I'm feeling guilty about going to help or hinder? Um, and maybe, maybe you would have asked yourself that question and you would have gotten a different answer. Maybe the answer would have yes. been like, I am going to come I, home. I'm going to be more flustered. I'm going to be short with yes. it. And, and if that would have been your answer, maybe you would have made, made a different choice. Like, yeah, but it, or it was, it would be okay if like the yoga wasn't like, I don't really need that. I have other practices during my day that I can be, yeah. I need that time with my kids. If I needed that, that's okay too. Right. But you have to what's like authentic to you and really get to know yourself and how to show up as that best version. And like, you have to be willing to, to acknowledge that. And there's no right or wrong. Like there's literally no right or wrong, really just like right for you. And I think too, acknowledging that like different things are going to feel right in different seasons. And yep. this is just a season for you because you, exactly. when the weather gets warm, you can move it back to your screen and porch. And like, <clears throat> yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think people forget so often if we can just remember that things are temporary, everything is temporary, everything like it's all fleeting. 
it's all just going to change. And so if you need to do something in the moment that is going to impact you the way you need to be impacted, it can look different tomorrow or the next day or, and that goes for anything. I remember when I was sleep training my kids or whatever you want to call it, sleep training or trying to get them to sleep in their crib, whatever you want to say. And one night the swaddle would work. And then one night it wouldn't. And then, you know, and doing whatever I needed to do to get through that night and not being like, well, I have to do it this way, or it's not going to work tomorrow. And like being so rigid with yourself of like, maybe tomorrow I'll be like, I want that extra hour with my kids. You know, maybe I'll feel fulfilled enough to get that for myself. But I just think until I can give myself to them, then, well, that's a whole nother tangent, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it can look different daily, hourly. It's all temporary. You can change, you can do something. You can make a decision. It can end in failure, if you will, like we talked about earlier, and you can, it can still lead you to where you're supposed to go. You can learn from it. You can say, okay, that didn't work for me this morning. I feel like I was supposed to be with my kids this morning. And you can say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be with my kids instead of going to do yoga. Yeah. And you get to make that choice in, in the day, like in the moment you can be like, I'm not going to yoga today. (laughs) You say this all the time, but you're in the driver's seat. Like you are in the driver's seat. Like you can make those decisions. You can veer, you know, to a different way that is going to be better for you. This is... (laughs) It's funny because you had like an example this morning and I did too, where, so my husband plays softball on Tuesday nights and we went out to the the softball field and we ended up being out a little later. The kids stayed up later, even though my oldest has school, I knew he was going to be tired in the morning. And I think the cold kind of got to everyone. Like I've had this like frog in my throat by the time we got back to our van Like nobody was sick when we went. And like, by the time we got back to our van, like all my kids are coughing and like phlegmy and just like, I'm like, what is happening? And then my husband, when we get home, he wants to like stay up and watch our trash TV. And I'm like, dude, it is late. Like we need to go to bed. And he's like, but I just want this like time. And like, you know, I'm like, you know what? Fine. So this morning I made the choice we try to get up around like, like get the kids up at like seven ish if they're not already up. And cause my oldest has to be on the bus by eight and he doesn't need that much time, but there are days where it's like, you do, you need that time. Like just or, to get everything going. or he's just like cranky. And then we're just kind of like, yeah. wow, rushed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I look at my phone and it's seven eighteen. And the house is quiet and I feel like I've still got this like frog in my throat. And I was like, hey, babe, how do you feel about just letting the kids sleep and taking him to school late? He's in kindergarten. Like, who gives a fuck? It's not like he has a right? test. And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, so what? So what? Like, we just made the what? choice moment. It was, it was not our routine. It was not what we would normally do. We're not going to do it tomorrow. But like... Today, it was just like, let's just let the kids sleep. And like, who cares if he misses the bus? Like, let's take him to school. And, yeah. and also, exactly. 
when you like the everything is temporary thing feels so real to me these last three years where it's like my son started daycare and then the pandemic hit and he was back home with me and now I'm trying to build a business while I have a toddler at home and then I get pregnant and then there's twins and then our childcare situation changed 16 times and then you know it was like it's been so changing for me that I feel like I'm so used to just having to like roll with the punches and be in that temporary. So can relate to that. But it's taught me so much about that and about how it is okay that it's seasonal. It's okay that it's temporary. And a season could be a month. A season could be a quarter, could be a year. Um, or even like you said, like it could just be tonight. Like we just got to get through tonight. <laughs> Yeah, like exactly. Like it can be however like small or big you need it to be. You can just do what you need to do. Yeah, and take off the shoulds and take off the supposed tos and take off all yeah. the things and just like none of it's real. None right. of it's real. Like you don't there's not a should you should do this or you should do that. Like yeah, there are things that like I don't know. I just think it's, it's all so rigid sometimes that we forget to just like live in the moment and do what we need to do for ourselves in that moment and let that be okay. Well, none of it's real because if you ask person A, they're going to say, this is real. And if you ask person B, they're going to say the opposite is real. So it's like, yeah, it is real. No, it's all, you just have to feel whatever, like, that goes back to just like feeling your own intuition and like, we're all individuals and we all need different things and we all, you know, different things are going to feel right to one person and not to the other. And and that's all okay. And that's all why we're all needed in this world. Cause we all need different things and we all can give something to each other. And, and that's how we give something to each other. That's how we, you know, give back to the world is by being ourselves and who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this like podcast means to me is like it, when I say like driver's seat moms and doing motherhood your way, I'm not saying that means you have to be a mompreneur. I'm not saying that ha- that means you have to be a working mom. I actually have on my list of to do's to ask a couple of my stay at home mom friends to be on the podcast. Cause that's doing motherhood their way. And I really, really want to like, break down these walls of one's right and one's wrong and we're against each other and it's like why like I love that you're doing what you're doing and I'm kind of jealous of it and maybe you're jealous of the way I'm doing what I'm doing but like we're all doing it in a way that feels good to us and that's the beauty of it and there doesn't have to be shame or guilt or pointing fingers or you're doing it wrong or I'm doing it better like I'm doing what's best for me and you're doing what's best for you. Those don't have to be the same thing. No, they shouldn't be the same thing. That would be such a world of, that would just be so boring. So boring. Yeah, who wants that? Like, that's just not, no, just not interested in everything being the same. Everything is, the Um, But it goes back also, you said something that I wanted to touch on. The, um, oh my gosh, what did you say? We're talking just... about everything contemporary and the changing. Um... No, it was after that. It was right before. Oh, it was. Um... 
Oh gosh. I don't remember what, what you said that made me think of it, but I was just going to touch on the, the, well, never mind Cause I can't remember how it was connected. Well, I, okay. There is something that I wanted to circle back to before we end. Okay. And then if you, yes. think, you think of it, but do you feel like you hurting your finger was like the pebble or the rock? My boulder? Yeah. Like it was, like- it was the boulder. It was the boulder. It was the, I got the pebble. I almost can, I can literally like remember my rock, my pebble. Like I can literally. Tell me what they are because now I want to know. I think, okay. So my pebble, I don't know which one would, what what, the most recent one I can remember is I had like, well, it's hard because in that moment, like I'm still kind of unraveling, okay, what I've done it differently, what I have not done it differently. Because I basically, I had, um, I had a like situation in my business where I was kind of starting to take, take a step back. And then something kind of jolted me back into the doing hair and it felt really right. It felt really like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is like, this is what I'm supposed to, like, I really, believed that I was like, I'm supposed to do hair and, and run a business. And like, I could do both and I can do it my way. And like, I really like felt that way in the moment. But again, I always had this vision of like that, you know, that's what it was. It was that thing poking in of like, no, you really should be just focusing on like your kids and your business, like having, cause I consider that like three jobs, like being a stylist four days a week, full-time, you know, that's full-time as a stylist. So full-time doing, um, essentially and the CMO and the CFO and the COO, like literally you're in the suite, you are the suite. And so I'm like doing that and doing, um, being a mom, cause that's a full-time job, whether you have daycare or not. Yeah. And so doing all three of those things for me, I just kept, knowing I needed to do like something less. And so um, when I injured my finger, it's funny because all my stylists, I'm really close with like the girls that um, choose to work in my salon and they are all like, you needed this. This is what you needed. Like all of them were like, you need to take a step back. Like you need to like be able to like you know, breathe a little bit. Cause I'm just such like, go, go, go. And like, everybody needs something from me when I'm at the salon. And then I like, didn't get time to do any of the social media stuff. And then I didn't, you know, and it all gets lost. Whereas now that I'm not doing hair and I haven't had been able to, I physically had to figure out how to make my income without my normal income, which is doing hair. And, you know, like, it was such a hard navigation. Like it was just so intimidating for me. And I think being forced into it, I really had to get my priorities straight. I had to figure it out and I had to make it work. And I'm so much happier. Just like, not to say I don't miss doing hair. There's, there's twinges of like, should I go back to it? Should I, I don't even, I haven't even announced this to my clients. Like I've said it some, but like, I'm planning on like, if I really make that decision, I, I've, I keep grappling with like, 
have I made the decision? Have I not made the decision? But I think deep down, I know it's the right decision. I'm just intimidated by what that will feel like for other people like that trust me with their hair. And, you know, like, I just, I don't want to do that to other people, but I also know that once again, you cannot put other people's needs before your own. If I don't listen to that, I'm not going to be able to serve them by creating a good experience in the salon and creating good, you know, like having good training programs and continue to serve more people. It's just, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be able to do it. So with injuring my finger, I think that's really, I just learned like how to do it. I had to put myself into it. And it's like, this was calling to me to do that. And, um, yeah, I think it's been really, really amazing. I keep joking. Like, it's like the best thing that ever happened to me because it was really hard to go through, but now on the other side of it, I'm like, and it's only been a month, but I, I'm like, okay, I feel better. I feel like this is what I needed. (laughs) Well, I love that this podcast is happening now. Like, even though we've been kind of talking about it for like, I don't know, six months, (laughs) I'm glad. I know, I do because I feel so the same like oh my gosh like listening to you talk I'm like are you living my life right now like <laughs> with the and being able to take in-person clients and switching my business totally online and figuring out how in the literal fuck am I going to make money not being in person and also all the other side jobs that I do as my business is growing are in person. Like literally I have to physically go there. And so having this boulder say, you have to pull back on in person because you physically are going to be a huge whale. A, (laughs) B, you're going to have two newborns. Like you cannot be on call at least for the first six months and probably the last month and a half of your twin pregnancy, because you can't even fucking stand up. And like, I had to find a way and it's still scary. And I still keep having those thoughts come up of, is this the right thing? How can I serve women if I'm not in their birth room? How can I do what I do if I'm not, you know, at their births? And then I just keep getting confirmation from clients and from like the world of like, but so much of the work you do, Taylor, happens before birthday. I mean, and I think of you as like a prime example, like all the work that we did. Your, your intuition, that would go back to an intuition moment. Yeah. Of like your intuition, you're getting all of that validation because your intuition is trying to show you it's trying to like you are trying to be shown like this is what you need you need to trust yourself you need to know that if you hustle doing three jobs you'll hustle in one and you'll figure it out exactly and I had started the process of building this online version of my business way prior to getting pregnant just like you had started migrating out of the CE or out of the stylist role before yes, your yes. injury. Like you knew yes. it was calling on you before the injury. This was calling on me. And it's like, because also you're going to now be able to impact more people. Just like you said, when you're behind the chair, you're impacting one person, which is amazing. Yes. Amazing. Yes. 
But when you're in the CEO role and you're educating and you're like all that thing, you're like impacting the masses. And that's how I feel too about like my online program. And it's just like, sometimes we because need that's to impact more people. Yeah. 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 And you have to listen to that. And the like, you are supposed to impact more people. Like that's, what's calling to you. Like you are like, that's what you're supposed to do. It's scary. It's the anxiety that kind of comes up. Like when you just let all that anxiety go and really like sit in that moment, I guarantee you, if you close your eyes, look and think, what am I supposed to do? You would know, You would know. And but, but you'd be scared to do it. It doesn't take away the fear, but you'd know, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it's not a question. It's the fear just creeps in of like, uh, that outside noise of like, can I pay my bills or can I do this? And it's like, and that is real. It's just, I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like there's just such this bigger picture that you have to look at of like, what really will light me up? What really will make me make this impact that I want to have? And well, that might like be when, you, when you don't have the boulder, like thrown at you, you're just constantly thinking about the how you're like, but how am I going to do that? I don't know how to do that. I I'm just, I need to just be in the grind. I need to just do the do. We need to make money. I've got to buy groceries, blah, 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 blah. But then when that gets landed on you and you're like, nope, you cannot do hair anymore. Or like, no, Taylor, you cannot attend in-person births anymore because you are having children. Like, it's like, well, now I have no choice, but to figure out the how. So I just, I, 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 I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think the other the important thing with that is like, when you have done that, when you have taken that step back or not to step back, but step to the right or step to the left, you know, has that impacted you positively or has that like, when you get more childcare, like, and you're worried, like, oh, I could be saving the money. Like, yeah, you might be able to, like you said, not do the vacation you want to do. But like, is your mental health good? Are you being more connected with your family? Like, are, like, you know, I think that there's just, it's so much more about what's fulfilling you temporarily than long term. Like, it can things can change temporarily if you need them to. Yeah. So that you so that you can do the things that are going to eventually lead you to your purpose or, or what you're supposed to do. It doesn't have to look the exact same. Like if, if I had to cut back on my finances for, you know, stop doing my nails or whatever it was, right. to do that, it would still feel more fulfilling than getting my nails done because it was more fulfilling to me in other ways. So I think, I think balancing that out is, is helpful for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, knowing that like, you know, maybe once your injury is healed, maybe one day a month or two days a month, you still fill that cup. You still do hair. You still, you take the clients you want to take because they're your favorite clients instead of like, I have to work four days a week doing hair because I have to make this income because you make the income doing this other thing now. Yes. It's just like, it gets to be again, in the way that you want it. Yeah. And I feel like this conversation has been like a therapy session. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Me a little bit too. I'm like, thank you. For yes. That. 
Oh my God. Yes. I literally could talk about this stuff for days. Like I said, if it wasn't like, like I would, I honestly, it's (laughs) one of those things. It's probably a little wonder. I'm like, Oh, I would love to start a podcast and like talk about these things more frequently or, or, you know, be more, um, open about my mindset on social media or whatever that is, because it's like, it's just helped me change my life so much. And like, I just want to impact others in a positive way. That's just who I am at my core. Like I want to impact others in a positive way, whether that be face-to-face interaction, whether that be, you know, whatever that looks like, that's like to my core, that's what fuels me. And so I think that, um, I would love, I, I hope this helps other people to, to feel like they can take some power back in their own life and, and make that happen for themselves. Cause it is possible, even if it doesn't feel like it is. Well, I'm going to be your little pebble right now and tell you, I think you totally should do it because I literally have taken two pages of notes because there's just so many bombs that you dropped. I feel like, and so many just like nuggets that I want to be able to like recap and include in the show notes and like not forget and I think you someone and I'm going to tell you this in like a, a pushy way but also like a loving way of like you are going to impact people by sharing this stuff even if it is just on an Instagram reel if you don't want to like start a podcast yet literally I record on zoom I don't edit I upload them in two seconds. Like it's not as hard as we make it. <laughs> do my yeah, yeah. Do intro music and like, no, they don't. But you know what? Somebody needs to hear this conversation and somebody needs to hear those nuggets and they need to hear it from you because your perspective is the, the perspective that's different than the guru that's <clears throat> 10 steps ahead that you're learning from. Yes, 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 yes. You, you know, because you're here and they're here and like, they, they do. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Because I've been thinking at it, like, why would I, you know, they can just listen to, you know, the podcast I listen to. Why do they need? But I was kind of saying that in the beginning too. Like, I'm like, I almost forget where it all started, you know, like where it all started clicking. And, um, and sometimes that's intimidating too, because I feel like I come out and I'm like, just have all these little like nuggets and I'm like I just started by being like it's okay to be like sad or you know like I just started like reframing little things and then it's turned into like this whole mindset and lifestyle shift for me and it's been such an incredible feeling and I would love for more people to experience that and it could end up being like a really cool branch of your business as far as like you have this work-life balance this educational this safe space that you're creating even saying like I resonate with leader versus boss like maybe you end up being this like life and mindset coach for hairstylists like I don't know like shit why not like just yeah I mean hey that I would love to do that so yeah who knows where it could turn into but yeah sharing more of like what's on your heart and like you said just listening to those little those little wonders like just the pop up you know those are gonna be they mean something so if I keep thinking I need to share this I need to share this and then also it always goes back to just being open to like doing stuff like this like with you doing this like I didn't really know that I had this 
this much to say, you know, like I, I just kind of always wondered what I would say and then getting to speak on it. I'm like, oh, I do have a lot to say. Like, I just need to, uh, to have somebody to say it to, I guess. <laughs> or just like record voice notes on your phone and upload them to a yes. person. A lot of my podcast episodes I record in the car <laughs> on my phone, voice note, and then I Love just like, upload them really quick on the Spotify app. And then like, that's an episode. <laughs> yeah, that works. That's all you need. Like, get I my love work that. on it. Here you go, guys. Take it or leave yeah. it. Yes. Well, thank but- you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. It's been so fun. And it's just so nice to connect with like somebody who's like just on that same page as me and like is really like navigating motherhood and entrepreneurship and life itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been really great. So thank you so much. Thank you. I know, no, not even think or hope, but like, I know this conversation is going to touch somebody. And I think because podcasts live forever, like it's going to probably touch someone tomorrow, today to the next month, the next year. I actually probably won't air this for a couple of weeks, but like, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me anytime. I'm always happy to come back. And I appreciate the fact that my bladder is telling me we have to cut this off or I'm going to pee my uh, Otherwise, I- I'm right there with you. I'm like right there with you. So I feel you. Oh my God, All right. Well, we'll talk-, talk for three more hours. I know, right? All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.